Welcome to the weekly podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church with your host, Jay, and I got John Boyle in the booth today. Hey, Jay. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing well. I Can I correct you, though? We're not really in the booth. Is well, this a secret? Are we not supposed to... It's a fictional booth somewhere in the world. But this is your happy place that we're in right now. This is one of my sacred places here at Calvary. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it smells like old books. So? We're in the Boulder Campus Library today. Have you ever done a remote version of the weekly? You know, there was a few weeks I got kicked out because of women's ministry that I had to do it in my kitchen. Okay. But uh, no, this is the first time I've been on another campus. Wow. And I chose the library. Of course you did. This, yeah, I did. I think that there are probably, I don't know, 10% the number of books that you probably personally own, though, <laughs> in this library. Is that correct? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to confirm or deny that statement. My favorite part is that when you come to the Boulder campus, that <laughs> your office at the Boulder campus is the Calvary Bible Church Library, because you're just at home here. Yeah. Totally. You know what? Six years, people know when the lights are on on a random weekday. Jay's here. Jay, <laughs> Jay's in his office. That's right. <laughs> but don't bother him because he's deep in study. No. I love this place. You know, Although it, I'm in the Christian fiction section over here, so <laughs> maybe that's what you do with your time when you come here. You know what? You probably need to watch out for what's happening when you relocate to this office. Yeah. Kristen actually loves our fiction here at Calvary. So I usually have to pick up books or a series of books okay. when I'm over on the Boulder campus. Do you have a list for her? Um, I know the authors that she reads, and mm-hmm. so if I see a new one, I'll pick it up okay. instinctively. That's good. I, you know, sometimes I make a poor choice, but very rarely do I get it wrong. Mm. Well, I, I would like to think so. Maybe she's like, why am I reading this book? But she loves the Christian fiction. You can actually go to calvarybible.com slash library and discover yeah all the resources that calvary bible has to offer in our library system how disappointing is it to you every time you come to my <laughs> office and see that i have three to four books on a very meager bookshelf you know i have suspicions of where your books are but i've never said them out loud yeah i, I know I, I, I had some other staff members who also enjoy physical copies of books right. come to my office and ask if they could look at my bookshelf <laughs> and i I apologized in advance because yeah. my books are on my Kindle. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this, but you could have this. Do you see all these books? I mean, yeah. how many books do you think are in here? Oh, man. A thousand? Whatever. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably I more. could have all that on one little device that I can take with me anywhere in the pool, I hot agree. tub, ocean. You, you travel some really fun places. But here's the thing. There's, a, there's an issue with this, too, and it's that... In the Christian world and publication of the Christian world, sadly, many of the books that get published over the centuries don't get republished. Mm. And so the part of the Christian faith is to collect those things just like they did in Alexandria and just like um, those monks did back before the Reformation to shed light on actually Christian thought before their time. And so they collected books. You Luddites make very, very (laughs) interesting arguments about why you couldn't utilize technology. Yeah, and technology is great. I use the Bible. I do uh, the Mm version, and I have a a Bible software called Logos, which I love. I have 3,800 resources on there, 3,800 books on my Logos. So 
How many? I'm of, not, how many of those have you read? Um, I'm not going to confirm or deny how many I've read. I've read quite a few of them over the years. Um, not 3,800 though. A lot of those are <laughs> textual books and thanks for making all of us feel better about our encyclopedia Jack. type stuff. But hmm. um, you know, the Christian needs to collect books long before there was digital so that we can sort of save some of this conversation that we've had for 2000 years. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. I, so, save it. I save it. Yeah, totally. It's, it's on my Kindle. Kindle. I could pull you, it up right now. In, I'm, I'm not an alarmist. So when I say this and this is a okay, caveat you, to this. Yeah. So you're okay. And I'm, I'm not alarmist at all. <laughs> um, but it, I did find it interesting that um, the number one, one of the number one Bible apps in China and one of the month, Quran apps in China got banned from the app store just mm, recently. Sure. And so I'm a, a little concerned at times that if we rely too much on digital, they can be taken away. Yeah, I get that. And, um, you know, we've had Christians through uh, the centuries hide God's word in order to yeah. preserve it, mm-hmm. which I, I mean, I mean, there's so many faithful saints who've died for this word, literally you've died for oh, yeah, possessing it and holding it and, you know, all the Bible translation work. So the U version has its benefit. Just get a paper copy too. Well, it'll bless your heart to know that I like to read my paper Bible. Yeah. And digital books. You're great. You know, U version, I think, has my favorite thing to do on U version is to actually listen to God's word. That's that cool. I, I've done that. Yeah. And it's it like, you know, if you're hanging up Christmas lights, if you're like cleaning out the no one's around and you just need something in the background. Just put God's word on. It'll, I thought that's what the weekly was for. <laughs> After you listen to the weekly. Oh, all right. Get your priorities. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the weekly, we need to take a break. If you want to know what's happening here at Calvary this fall, got some exciting things happening this November. Um, heart of Advent is coming out. It's getting released. You want to go to calvarybible.com slash heart of Advent. Also, you want to pay attention to your mobile bulletin or the church center app where you can make, submit a prayer request, give online, Check in to see how you can plug into a community and hear all the great events happening to register for those things. Just go to calvarybible.com or the Church Center app and find the events at your mobile bulletin as well. That's great. Many pathways here at Calvary. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you too. We would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, it's funny. The, my Most of the audience sends me Bible jokes or suggestions from the random conversations we have before we jump into a conversation. Okay. It's really fun. That's great. Yeah. And people ask some really helpful questions. That I'm like, we hit up in the weeks ahead. I write them down and make sure we sort of tackle some of these tough questions people have. Do you have any this week? You know, not this week. Okay. Um, one, because I was out on vacation. Oh, and uh, we let you take some time off. Yeah, man, I got away and it was wonderful, but I want to catch up here to Hebrews nine. And this was a really fun uh, section. I know from Hebrews 5, we were just talking about this before we hit it live. Mm-hmm. From about what you say, chapter four and a half to about 10 is some theological, some deep truth sledding. Is that helpful? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it is deep and, and difficult and a lot of background and stuff that we just don't, think about when you're talking about the Old Testament system. And I think um, even especially chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10 yeah. focus on these aspects of the Old Testament 
priestly system. You know, you're talking about priests and high priests, and you're talking about the sanctuary or the holy place, the temple, tabernacle, the the place of worship. You're talking about sacrifice. You're talking about the covenant. You know, of course, in chapter 7, you're talking about this mysterious guy, Melchizedek. So, yeah, Hebrews, Hebrews is so deep and rich, and at times it's challenging. And uh, this past week we did 46 verses in chapter 9, all of chapter 9, and then the beginning of chapter 10. So as you prepare for a, a message like that where you're like, I have to, this is the sort of the area I want to cover, do you just get like bogged down or do you, how do you, I guess, sift through each because you know we we study the we study the Bible. If you study for like five minutes, mm-hmm. you realize that you could really slow down, oh, verse yeah. to verse. Uh-huh. And some there's some great preachers that have done that over yeah. the years. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you sort of discern? Okay, these are sort of the major themes or aspects that I really feel like Calvary needs to hear on this specific week. Yeah, that's one of the joys of uh, preaching is. You know, you you get to cover so many different themes, and we've we've been doing this deep dive on these aspects of the high priesthood and the priestly system and the tabernacle and the covenant, and so it felt like, um, at least for me, it felt like a time to sort of take a step back. I think you have to when you're doing 46 verses. I mean, I think if you just read those, it would probably take you about five or ten minutes right. to just read them. Um, but, uh, the, the way I looked at it is, you know, why, why did all of this exist historically? Why was there a need for this system? Why were there priests? Why did there have to be a very specific place for worship to occur? Why did sacrifice happen there? Why was there an old covenant? And then why is Jesus the the greater priest? Why does Jesus bring a greater covenant? Why is Jesus the greater sacrifice? Why is Jesus now in what's described as the as the greater holy place in heaven? Like, why is that greater? Why does all that exist? Why is it important? And it's because of how serious sin is, which which is one of the big I mean, it's one it's one of the reasons why the Bible exists for us, is for us to understand that we all have a problem that we cannot we we are that we cannot overcome on our own and we are separated from God and his holiness because of our sin and that's why basically why the book of hebrews was written right to help us understand that and to remind us that Jesus is greater than sin and he is the way for humans to overcome that and that's the purpose of of what is revealed in the scriptures for us to understand we are sinful, but God has made a way through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, to save us from sin. So I think sometimes when you come to a, a big section of scripture, you you know, you have to see the forest for the trees yeah, and see what's the big picture mm-hmm. um, that's going on here. Why are these verses here? How does this have bearing on my life today? That's really good, John. I think sometimes if you just take your faith and your your Bible reading, if it feels like there's a lot of sections that could possibly be confusing or non-relevant for mm-hmm. us because we aren't Jewish, 
Yeah. We've never seen the temple. We've never seen the tabernacle. Right. We've never seen a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Although I will say one time in Bible <laughs> college. Oh gosh. Uh, some, my African friends on Craigslist got a free goat and mm-hmm. they asked me and they invited me over to come eat the goat. I didn't know we were killing the goat in the backyard of Joplin, Missouri in the middle of suburban life to roast a goat to dig a pit in this backyard. Wow. And I I saw how a goat died <laughs> for the first time. Mm. But that's beside the point. Um, you know, all these things that seem so complex to us or irrelevant, but the, the Hebrew writer wants us to, like, come to this conclusion that we need to know these things. Yeah. They're important. Yeah. They build something in us. Right. What do you think they build in us, those who aren't Jewish, who've never seen those things? What do mm-hmm. they, you said Jesus. I, I I get that. What do you see some of the strengths of why we should deep dive into these things? Well, I, I think it helps us understand the whole story of Scripture. Mm-hmm. That when we see that all this stuff that occurred in the in the past, in the Old Testament history, was ultimately pointing to Jesus. That that was its purpose. And it I think it contextualizes some um, parts of the Old Testament that perhaps we say, gosh, why why would I read about the Old Testament law? Why would I read about these prescriptions for worship that occurred for a people who lived four thousand years ago? That's not relevant to me today. Um but, you know, even even at the beginning of chapter 10, verse 1, since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, then it goes on to describe the sacrifice. Um, that idea of a shadow is that all of this stuff existed that God had, had prescribed for his people to perform sacrifices, to worship him um, for for a people to be devoted to being priests, all of that was a shadow of the true reality of Jesus who is to come. And so when we understand that, even though we may not have the background that the Hebrews did in the first century, who had grown up with this, who knew it, who understood what it was like to to go to Uh, Jerusalem and to the temple on the day of atonement and see these kinds of things happen. It helps us see that, you know, the the Bible has one storyline from the very first page of Genesis to the very last page of Revelation. There's a common thread and a common message. You you know, we, we bifurcate the Bible by saying there's an Old Testament and a New Testament when there's just one revelation of God from beginning of time until the end of time and this common thread of God making a way for a people to be saved. In the old days, through the Old Covenant Testament, Old Testament system, and now today, the greater reality, Jesus, and all that old stuff points to him. I think that helps us know that, you know what, the, the, whole, the whole word of God is God's revelation to humanity. Yeah. So I think there's a common grace for us, I would say that, that way, on this side of the Jesus, the cross, his mm-hmm. victory, that and the completion of even the text itself, yep. the, the words that we have, the sixty-six books, like we get to see the whole picture, right? When so many before us never got to see what we get to see. That's such a good point, Jay. That we should be so thankful for everything we need to know about God, about us, about 
his plan of redemption is included in his word. And we have the whole thing. And how many people have lived in the world before the full revelation of God? Yeah, and lived in the world and could read it too, even. Yeah, like, right. It's even the last We're talking about Bible years. apps. Yeah, totally. you know, just carrying it around in our pocket wherever we want. And right. yeah, we're we're uniquely gifted to have unfettered access to God's revealed will. I think sometimes that's uh, that's a big blessing. Mm. It also is it feels like we don't treat it that way though. You know what I mean? Like we have so much access to it, we're not even we don't even care about it maybe mm. or appreciate it as much mm. because it's just always constant or in, instant for us mm-hmm. um and i think it's a great warning too that like we we have god's word we should enjoy it Amen. we should appreciate it we should study it we should wrestle with it we should let it be what it is going to be you know all these things they probably all happen at the same time or in different seasons but really the end of it do you delight in god's word psalm yeah. one you know 119 like mm-hmm. are we people is calvary bible church a people that delights in god's word that's right amen for the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Yeah. Hebrews 4:12. So if you're having a hard time reading god's word you need to reach out to us. Reach out to the person that's in your ministry area, your campus, reach out to one of the pastors, reach out to the weekly. Let us know how we can help better have you read God's word and delight in it yeah. and to really appreciate it. We would be helpful. We would be thankful and grateful for you to reach out to us to ask that question. That's a hard thing. It, it takes, uh, it took me a long time to, to feel like I delighted in God's word. Like, Oh, this is really good. I like this. When I started um, learning, that you know, reading the Word of God on a regular basis, probably when I was in college, was something that Christians should do. It was really hard for me. Like it was, it felt confusing. It felt like I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to approach it, and it it took a long time. But I, I would just echo that if if any of you are struggling to delight in God's Word, or it feels boring, or you're distracted when you're doing it, we'd love to help you and uh, come alongside you Cause, because um, it, it's such a joy to be able to read it and study it. And, you know, there's still times I read it and I get distracted yeah. <laughs> or, you know, there's, a, there's other things that are on my mind and I realize, okay, Lord, I, I need to come back and focus on this and, um, and w- will you help? And he's so, he's so kind. That reminds me, as you said that, I, this wasn't even in my mind as we were, getting ready for recording the weekly, but, um, so I don't know, several months ago, I think over the summer I preached from Psalm one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is on the law of God and on his law. He meditates day and night. And, uh, I put together for the online audience, a little resource about delighting in God's law. And, um, it's just a little like ebook that we put together that has some principles for yeah. how you can work on that if you're struggling with it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you would like a copy of that totally for free, I'd be happy to send it to you. You can, what's, what's the weekly email address? The weekly at Calvary Bible church.com. 
The weekly at calvarybible.com. Yeah, sorry, I ruined that. There you go. Extremely. <laughs> how many times? Have, the, how many times have you said that email address? I have millions. And that's the first time you're I've still ever on vacation in your oh, mind, aren't you? The weekly at calvarybible.com. Okay, so send an email to the weekly at calvarybible.com. Just write, I, you know, Psalm one, Psalm one, Word of God, delighting in the law. Or I want that free thing or whatever. Let us know, and we would be happy to send that to yeah, you. Yeah, I'd be really happy to forward on to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's really important because. John, uh, you're right. So many often we we have this ideal view of reading God's word that it's always refreshing, always mm-hmm. delightful. And then when it doesn't happen, when we get distracted, when we do get twisted up in it, that we get disappointed by it. And then we play it aside instead of actually approaching it maybe a different way. Yeah. So it was super helpful. Okay, so we you talked a lot about blood and sin. Mm-hmm this last week Mm -hmm. what are your reflections on sin as it sort of stands in our culture our day especially in your context in the boulder county Mm -hmm. boulder campus as a pastor of calvary what are your reflections on like what sin is right at this present moment in our lives yeah well it's something we don't like to talk about okay um and it it is something that we i mean in our culture we like smirk at sin we uh, think it's just not that big of a deal. We don't take it seriously. And, I mean, you you read the book of Hebrews, especially these chapters, and you realize sin is very serious. So serious that God would institute all of these old systems and then he would send his son as the once-for-all sacrifice for sin. Sin is very serious and we should take it seriously. And that's part of the problem of our culture is that we, you know, overlook it, celebrate it, just turn a blind eye to it and we don't realize how serious it is. How pervasive and deadly. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, how amazing it is that God would make a way, you know, for us that he would initiate a way for us to be redeemed and saved by the shedding of the blood of the Son of God. We could celebrate communion in person uh, at all of our campuses this past weekend. And what what a week to be able to do that when you... I mean, th- this is another cool thing about just the sovereignty of God. Like those those weekends when we're doing communion together and then it just so happens, it seems that you land on a week where you're talking about the blood sacrifice of the Son of God. It's like, wow, God knew that when we sketched together a schedule for Hebrews. Right. And that that was not our that wasn't something we planned. Right. You know, we got to it this week, said, Oh my gosh, we're taking communion and this is what we're talking about. That's amazing. Yep. But it's it, and that's why the the Lord Jesus commanded us not to remember his birth, but to remember his death. And that as often as you are together, do this in remembrance of me. And this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And that's why we remember the death of Jesus when we celebrate communion. Because sin is serious and God's made provision to save anyone who would call on the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the way in which God has always worked where he turns something upside down death Mm. is shouldn't be the thing we celebrate right 
but it is the great celebration. Mm. It's a great completion. Well, actually, confirmation that Jesus was who he said he was mm. between the death and the resurrection. Right. And I, I think that's really important for us in a, in a season where death has been on the news cycles yeah, for it really has. a long time, mm. like a really long time. Um, if it if it bleeds, it leads, right? Is remember that old expression? Oh, from sure, yeah, from newspaper days. Mm-hmm. We should be the people that say, but that's it's not the final death, right? That's there's something greater that we're celebrating. Yeah, absolutely. How interesting is it that believers we we don't look to death as those who do not have faith, mm-hmm. right? It's only the beginning of yeah. actually something it's not even the end of something that's right that's the beautiful thing about you know what hebrew says that uh all, all the stuff that was happening in the past was a shadow of the heavenly realities mm, i love that, that. I, I love that that's the word to describe heaven is the reality that like the things that happen here are a shadow mm-hmm. of what's to come mm-hmm. what is that uh you're you know c.s lewis fanatic the shadow lands are here on the earth right mm-hmm. and it's just pointing to heaven right which, which is real that's yeah. like the reality that uh we have you know that we hope in that someday we will be with absent from the body present from the lord in true reality in the presence of god if we have placed our faith and our trust in jesus because he's made a way for us to be in god's presence i mean like how mind-blowing must it have been for this first century audience who had witnessed, you know, uh, the day of atonement every year where the high priest would go into the very most holy place, the holy of holies, only once a year to make a sacrifice. And only one person could go in there, mm-hmm. the high priest. Nobody else could go in there. That was the presence of God on the earth. And then the promise to the believer is that Jesus, as our forerunner, has gone into the heavenly holy place yeah. as our forerunner so that we might follow him into the presence of God. And you just think about what it would have been like for the Hebrews to think about someone busting in behind the curtain with the high priest to go into the presence of God. They would have been killed. And the promise that we have through Jesus is that we we can go to the presence of God anytime we want here on the earth and then one day to just be in his presence with that, with total confidence. Mm-hmm. Like that's so much better. Yeah. He so is so much greater than what had come before. I always like thinking about the, when the curtain was torn, when he was crucified right. from the top to bottom, mm. which is a huge curtain. It's impossible for it to be torn. And in thick. Such a way. Like yeah. how, how, th- how thick was it? You yeah. Know, like seven or eight inches or something. Totally. And like, and it's just the great confirmation that no longer, is there something between us and God? Yeah. It's amazing. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. So when, when we talk about sin and we talk about the real practical here mm. on the implications, if someone's struggling in sin or wants to avoid mm. sin, mm-hmm. what would you be like some of your best remedies or recommendations for someone who's, you know, in the thick of that yeah. season? Well, the first thing I would say is if you, would describe yourself as struggling with sin or wanting to overcome sin, I would just say that is indication that the Holy Spirit has transformed your heart. Mm. You know, there's a lot of warning passages in Hebrews that are meant 
to, I think, have us sit up a little bit straighter and take things like sin very seriously. But I would want to say to anybody, because I know people struggle with thinking, gosh, if I'm struggling with sin, what does it mean about am I saved? And I would say, if you think it's a struggle, um, yeah, I mean, search your heart. But if you think it's a struggle, that's indicative of a transformed heart because because people who have been saved struggle. You know, people who haven't been saved just sort of love it, just sin all the time, right? Right, until it makes a giant mess of death. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I would just encourage you that if, if you feel like you're on the struggle, join the club, you know. Um, I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about, the, the Apostle Paul talks about, why do I do what I don't want to do? You know, that's just the story of following Jesus, is that we have not yet been perfected. Someday, in his presence, we will be perfect, and there will no longer be any struggle with sin. Um, but if you're struggling, you're, you're in good company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're with all the saints over history who have been saved by Jesus and who struggle with sin. No doubt. No doubt. So you need other people around you. I would say community. Community is, is huge. You huge. cannot struggle with sin alone. Yeah, you cannot. Because what happens is the enemy gets in and... Uh, makes you feel shame, which is not from the Lord, mm-hmm. and makes you feel alone. Mm-hmm. And you need to be reminded that you are, you know, what you're struggling with is not uncommon to men or to women. Mm-hmm. Like everybody struggles with sin. The Apostle Paul struggled with sin. Everybody except Jesus. So you need other people around you. Um, it's it's hard, but I think you just need to be vulnerable about it. Mm-hmm. And share with people who you trust and who you know that you can just say, gosh, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Would you pray with me? Mm-hmm. And that that's a beautiful experience to confess your sins and to ask for help. I think just being in the word and being reminded of the promises of God, the faithfulness of God, what he promises to those of us, all of us who struggle, mm-hmm. um, uh, to be reminded of it uh, is is so important. But you got to be around people. You got to have you got to be real about what's going on and and you got to ask the lord for help mm-hmm. too you know the lord knows and you know what while we were yet sinners christ died for us so you don't need to be embarrassed in front of the lord he he's, knows he loves you he sent his son for you yeah and he's not surprised either i think yeah, that's a big that's right yeah but um yeah if you just ask the lord for help he's faithful and it, it can take time, especially for certain habits that we may have developed or sins that we've struggled with for a long time. But I know you can, I can too. Just testify about the work of God in your heart to, um, to help you overcome it. The other thing, um, oh gosh, you'll probably remember, I, I can't remember who, who said this originally, but I think one of the most helpful things, and this probably comes back to the word, is um, just the idea of the expulsive power of a new affection. Mm. Was that Packer that said that? I think so. Or Tozer. Yeah. One of those guys. Yeah, I think it was Tozer, actually. Yeah, maybe it was Tozer. Anyway, um, the expulsive power of a new affection, that if your heart in some ways um, has a love for or an affection for, could be money, could be sex, could be power, those are the big three, mm. but there are others, food, alcohol, substances, whatever it might be, um, uh, 
um, there, there needs to be not only an, an elimination of that, but there needs to be something new that fills up your heart with joy and love that is greater than that. And I would just say that's that should be Jesus. That should be his word. And the more you immerse yourself in that, back to our previous discussion, the more we delight in God's law, the more that our hearts love that more than our sin. And it just becomes... Like, I, I don't even, I don't want that old thing, you know, that I used to love or crave or desire, but now I, I just want more of the Lord. Yeah, I would say that would be just changing your worship to whatever that sin is to worshiping God. Mm. And that affection is greater. Yeah. And, I you know, I used to hear that as a remedy when I struggled in sin and was really disappointed in that remedy. Really? Because it feels like, it feels like that would be impossible yeah. in those moments. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if I've read this, the saints who have come before me, all of them have said the same thing yeah. in some form or some way. And that, that's a good point, Jay. It, maybe when you're in it, that's not helpful. But when you're past it and you realize, and this is, it takes time too. I mean, that's part of the problem right. is we want instant remedies. And the yeah. truth is when we've developed habits, it takes a long time to overcome those. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the point where you say, okay, my heart longs for the Lord or for Jesus or for his word more than my heart longs for the the feeling I had, you know, when I had too many drinks or the feeling I had when I, uh, you know, was looking at porn or the feeling that I had, uh, in the, in those sexual relationships that were inappropriate. Like my, my heart just is filled with more joy and satisfaction in these things than those other things. Yeah. I think that's when it becomes transformative, but to be fair, that takes time. Yeah. Getting in God's word, I think, like you mentioned, you've mentioned it several times in this podcast. We mentioned it a lot <laughs> at Calvary. Calvary Bible, Bible. Church. Interesting. But filling yourself up with the good things of God, the deep truths of God, the delights of God really does transform you. Yeah. And that's where the Holy Spirit can really take some ground Amen. and change you. Okay, John, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you're one at Calvary struggling with an addiction, struggling with disappointment, struggling um, in sin, will you reach out to us? We would love to hear from you. You can go to two places, calvarybible.com. The mobile bulletin has a prayer request. That's a confidential prayer request that goes to elders and pastoral staff, Mm -hmm. ministry directors. Yeah. Super confidential. We would love to be praying for you. Absolutely. Also, you can always reach out to one of our campuses, one of our people. Yeah. We would love to walk with you, get you in a community right. that maybe has similar or has been through those struggles yeah. in the past. You never know how God is going to put you with another person who's been exactly where Amen. you've been. Yeah, that's so true. That's been more true in my life than I care to admit. Mm. admit. And mm-hmm. then also people in who come after I've dealt with those things come to me. Yeah. It's like, cool. oh, God does not waste any of that. Does he? No. All right. John, you have a great week, my friend. Thanks, Jay. It's great Thanks for coming you. back from vacation. We're, we're glad you didn't stay there. <laughs> you know what? It's great to be back in Colorado, the land that always has great coffee. All right, Calvary. We love you. Talk to you soon. See ya.